You're listening to the Gordon Damer Show podcast on 98.7 ESPN. Welcome in. It is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM ESPN New York. The theme song once again. Don't reference it every single day, but it's there as a tribute to a salute to those of uh, the the society that keep us up and running during uh, what we have been going through. But this is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. Plenty to uh, keep us busy on this Monday. And you know the deal. One hour, we run through it all, take you up until 6 o'clock. The number you know, 1-800-919-ESPN. I'm on Twitter, on Instagram, at Gordon Damer. The march, the slow march, but the march all the same towards 5,000 followers continues. And uh, the daily poll question will be up and running shortly. We will get to that in a little bit. But if you know me, you know that the one hour that I have, I am going to always try to keep this show fun. We talk sports generally, but we talk other things. And it's always as a way to keep things light, keep things fun, break chops a little bit, right? But come at things from a sports fan's point of view, but always keep it entertaining. In life, even before this year, but particularly with this year, we all need a laugh. We all need to laugh. And I try to provide that on a small basis, but a basis all the same. If you're up and working at this time of the day, and I'm assuming if you're up at this time of the day, you're either getting ready for work, you're working, you're getting done with work. It's all about trying to keep you entertained, but also maybe give you a little a little laugh in the course of being up at this hour. But I would be remiss after this past weekend, after this past week, it would almost be impossible for me to come on the air and keep things fun and keep things jokey when there is clearly an elephant in the room that's out there. And look, there are times where there are topics that are out there, serious topics, important things that are out there. And I'll be honest with you. I try to keep my distance from them to a certain extent. Because, again, as I said, it's I, I think I'm someone whose job it is to serve the audience. You come here for a break from the real world. You come here to forget maybe what the real things are going on. And just have a little bit of fun. But at the end of the day, my job is to entertain the audience, be it with sports, be it with movies, TV shows, whatever it is. That's the job, to entertain. And I realize by even saying and kind of alluding to what we're about to talk about, there will be some people in their cars who will click, who will change the channel, who will turn it off. But it would be impossible. I mean, while my job is to entertain, it's also not to lie to you either, right? It's to be honest. And it would be impossible to be on the air at this time, at another time, for one hour, for five hours, in any capacity. Even our little show, our little one-hour show at five in the morning. And not talk about what took place over the weekend in this country. And I did not talk about it at the time because of what I just said. But you can't discuss what happened this weekend without first discussing what happened on May 25th. May 25th, 
is the day that Minneapolis police responded to a call about someone passing a uh, counterfeit $20 bill. And less than 20 minutes later, that person was dead at the hands of the police. The death of George Floyd was a disgusting act and one that was completely avoidable. But, of course, we know it's not an insulated act. And I'll be honest, I'm a big believer in when there are news, and this is at least the part of the reason why I generally avoid news stories that don't directly impact sports on this show because it's a sports show and it's supposed to be entertaining and fun and all those type of things. But I'm a big believer in, well, we need to know all the facts before we start to go through all these things and have opinions on things. And when I see stories, more times than not, I am left with asking more questions than I have answers about this or that. The death of George Floyd is not one of those incidents. You really don't need to have... Now, look, we should have all the facts that we can get. And I thought the New York Times put together a video of all the things that we know at this point from bystanders' videos, surveillance videos, police call. And if you have not already seen that, I think it's worthy of your time. It's about seven or eight minutes. But it's not like you really need to see it to kind of have an idea of what happened. When you have bystanders at the scene basically screaming, you're killing this man. When he is on the ground repeatedly screaming, I can't breathe. And keep in mind, this is someone who has already been subdued. This is someone who was already in handcuffs, was in handcuffs moments after the police arrived on the scene. This is someone already in custody. And this is what has happened. And obviously, this is just the tip of a huge iceberg that we are not going to solve in our one hour, that nobody's going to solve in their shows in the course of the day. But that has fed into what we have witnessed this weekend. And again, I'm not going to devote the entire show to this. But when you take in what we took in, I'm assuming collectively this weekend, I mean, how could you avoid it? I don't know how you can see and experience what we did this weekend and not just have an incredible feeling of sadness. Sadness for what we have become, sadness for what this country is like right now. And I've got to be honest, maybe I know everybody wants to paint a picture of let's all come together and let's all put our best foot forward. And if we work together, we'll be able to solve this or that. I got to be honest, I'm a little sad for really any possible solutions. And make no mistake, that is what we should be looking for. That is what we should be trying to work towards is solutions. And I'm not going to tell you that there weren't plenty of people. Maybe the overwhelming majority, not even maybe, the overwhelming majority of people came together in peaceful protests, people coming together to demand action, and I think maybe more importantly, to demand accountability. And that is powerful, and that is hopeful. But, of course, those weren't the only images we saw this weekend. And I saw plenty of tweets. And this this one, uh, maybe it's personal, but really kind of gets under my skin 
about when people tweet out, well, you know what? The media won't let you see this. LeBron James even had one tweet about, uh, you know, the media doesn't want you to see these positive images when they're retweeting from a media account. Nine times out of ten. Oh, the media doesn't want. Trust me, the media is looking to give you all the different angles of the story. The positive, the negative, everything. But, of course, those weren't the only videos we saw. We saw videos of not only riots, of of businesses being looted and burned, people being attacked, but of police aggression as well. People sitting on their front porch being fired upon with paint canisters after being after hearing shouts of light them up. And you think to you, at least I did, you think to yourself, oh, my God, this is America. This is this is America that we're living in. If you saw this in a movie. It would seem unrealistic, but this is the reality uh, of the time that we're living in. Uh, And then you see people who are using this. And make no mistake, there are people who are using this to create chaos. They want chaos, largely because they hate this country. They want it to burn. There are people out there, and it's just disgusting. The country is on fire. People are getting hurt. Businesses, lives are being destroyed, property being destroyed. And and it's just awful. And I I wish I had answers. I wish I had uh, something that would make this whole segment seem much more optimistic and hopeful. Uh, But I don't. And it's just awful, not just for what's going on right this second, but I think mostly for me about how you envision ever being able to move forward. Because right now, maybe it's just the immediacy of the moment. Moving forward and coming together almost feels like an insurmountable task, especially if you speak out about one thing or the other. Because if you bring up one angle of this, you will immediately be attacked by the other side. If you bring up, as I said, the death of George Floyd was a disgusting act that demands action and accountability. People will, will attack. Oh, oh, you're okay with looting? Oh, Gordon, you're all right with the... What? What What the hell are you talking about? I'm not on one side or the other of this as you present it. I'm on the side of the good guys. I want everybody to be able to find common ground and work together. I'm not hopeful that that's going to happen anytime soon. But if you present any side of it, you will immediately be, especially on Twitter, which is just a, it feels like a more and more just a cesspool. If you say that rioting is disgusting, destroying people's lives, the videos that we saw of that, uh, that, that, that woman trying to protect her business in Rochester being attacked, hit by giant two by fours. Oh, you're okay with the, you're okay with racism? No, of course not. What, what the hell are you talking about? So at a time where things, you know, this past week, the weekend was a beautiful weekend out. And after what we've been through with the pandemic, you would think it seems like, you know, everything is starting to maybe uh, slowly be get back to normal. Right. It seems like sports might be getting back here before too long, that, 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 that this should be a time maybe for uh, for optimism. If the events that we witnessed had not took place this weekend and and this past week, uh, the optimism feels actually feels less so. 
and how we move on together, the good, decent people find some sort of common ground. I have no idea. And maybe part of that is that, uh, you know, I don't, it wasn't like I went into this past week or this past month or this past year having a lot of faith in elected leaders. But uh, amazingly, somehow, I think I have even less now than I already had. And it wasn't like I was uh, brimming at the, cu- at the at the surface with a whole lot of optimism about uh, actual leadership in people that are hired to have those type of jobs. Here's the the poll question is sports looks like it's going to be returning fairly soon, right? We're going to get into the headlines in just a second about the NBA's return, baseball, all that type of stuff. We'll touch on baseball. We're not going to get too crazy about it. But when sports does return, whether that's July 31st, whether it's before then, it's almost certainly going to return without fans in the stands. Although, who knows, right? But that's the way things look right now as we sit here on uh, June 1st. God knows what it'll look like on July 1st. How do you feel our our buddy, our good friend, Andrew Marshan of the New York Post brought this up first. That's the first person I saw. That they are having discussions within broadcast circles, broadcast networks, about virtual fans. What are virtual fans? Well, with no fans in the stands, the games are going to have a very empty feel. So broadcasters are debating whether or not to basically superimpose computer-generated fans in the stands for television broadcasts to make things look and feel a little bit more normal. He has not seen it. He he admits that. We had him on, uh, what was it, Memorial Day? I think it was Memorial Day, the Monday, when we filled in for, yes, it was Memorial Day. for Rick, Chris, and Dave. And he said he has not seen it, but according to the broadcasters who have, it does look and feel very normal. You don't look at it and say, oh, wow, that really looks weird or or anything like that. So how do you feel about the idea of virtual fans, basically computer-generated fans that would be superimposed into the backgrounds, into the stands of games, be it baseball, be it the NBA, be it whatever, to make things look a little bit more normal. So we gave you three options for today. Either A, love it, love the idea, right? I don't want to just be watching an empty game where it just sounds flat and it looks flat. There's no emotion. You know, you need that emotion to be, to. it's part of the experience, right? You need that. Even if you're sitting at home, it gives it a different feel. So A, love it. B, need it. Not that you love it, but you realize that there does need to be something there. It can't just be a a flat, it it just would look weird. It's like having a concert where there's nobody in the state. It's not the same thing. Or C, do you despise it? Now, I wanted to put despise it with the passion of a thousand white hot suns, but you know, with Twitter, there's a, there's a character limit. So you can't put despise it with the passion of a thousand white hot suns. So I just simply put despise it. But just know if you're voting despise it, despise it means you hate it overwhelmingly despise it. You, you overwhelmingly hate it if you despise something. So you can vote uh, the option C. That would be option C for you there. And, um, I can tell you. While there's not much that I know, I have not seen it, right? Andrew Marshan says he has not seen it, so I certainly have not seen it. But playing video games, I think you kind of get an idea of of what it would look like. And video games, 
uh, you have to be honest right now. I mean, things look and feel a lot better than they did back in uh, the days of when I was growing up playing video games more readily. When you see some of these games now, you, you it does try to take you. Oh wow, it takes your breath away. How how realistic things can look and feel. I have to be honest though, even not knowing anything, even before I had the conversation with Andrew, who tried to. I mean, he seemed like he was kind of in favor of it. Uh, I have to be honest, just the term "virtual fans," I absolutely despise. I despise the concept, even not knowing all that much about it. The idea of of putting computer generated nonsense on the screen, even the, the fact that people are thinking about how they would do this technically, bothers me. And not that I have taken in a lot of sports during this time, but of the things that I have watched live, I watched a little bit of the UFC fight a couple of weeks ago, and then you watched, I, I did. Uh, the golf event with Tiger and Phil and, and Brady and uh, Peyton Manning. I, I, I actually kind of liked the the non the no fans. I kind of liked being able to. Now the the golf thing was a made for TV event, so you likely would have gotten that anyway. But I like the interaction. I like the idea of being able to hear what's being said. And the UFC, I mean, the, the, the impact of the punch, you can hear everything going on. As a diehard sports fan, I would rather have that. I think I might rather have that than the energy of the crowd anyway. So if I had a vote, not that I do, but I think that we're trying, at least I, I tried today to come up with a question that would bring people together, right? It feels like we're so fractured right now in the real world. That we had to find something to bring everyone together today. So hopefully we have done that. We will see how things turn out. But I have a feeling just the idea of virtual fans, for most fans, uh, they will despise it. And I, I'm hoping to bring people together in despising it, if I can. one 800 espn one 800 So the poll question is up for you today. It's on uh, Twitter, at Gordon Damer. And we touched on uh, everything that happened this weekend in the opening of the show. But let's get to some headlines for today, because in case you're just waking up, maybe you're like me over the weekend. Uh, you know, you watched a little TV, you watched a little Twitter uh, and uh, you just had to get away from it. And uh, this was a weekend that I did not really. I mean, I have to be honest, there was not really any sports stuff that I was really uh, all that focused on. I know it was part two of the Lance Armstrong documentary, but I kind of know that story. And spoiler alert. He's a despicable human being who is not really worthy of redemption since he did not really ever give a heartfelt apology. So I did not take part in part two of the uh, documentary. And uh, judging by the ratings of the uh, first segment of that documentary, it didn't seem like I think we were all kind of together on that one. Not exactly as popular as The Last Dance. But let's get into some headlines because there are some as we kind of move closer to having – Maybe sports return, having the conversation of sports returning. And the first headline is that NBA Commissioner Adam Silver and the league office has informed the uh, Board of Governors that they do have a target date for the return of the NBA season. That target date would be July 31st. Now, it's been talked about for weeks now about how they would be able to return. Would it be mid-July? Would it be early July? 
it does seem like July 31st. So basically you're talking about the NBA, which is the most optimistic, right, of all the leagues returning. You're still talking about not returning until August. Think about that. Now, there's still a lot of things to be worked out. Uh, the plan for what who would return is still very much up in the air, and I guess they're going to have a vote sometime this week, it looks like, not just on the return to play, but it seems like trying to hash out what the um, the plan would actually be. One of them is having just the 16 teams going straight to the playoffs. Another is having 20 teams with a kind of a, a group stage play kind of thing. Uh, the other, the third would be 22 teams trying to have uh, like a play-in tournament for the final seeds. And then there's actually one out there where everybody would return to play and would get to 72 games. That you would cut the regular season down to 72 games. That, but that everybody would be back. And uh, 72 games is important because of that. Uh, for a lot of them, uh, their TV contracts are required 70 games, and uh, no team has played 70 games. Now there is some talk that the NBA would like to have the season end by October. And you'd have to say that the 30-team scenario, that would be almost impossible to accomplish. If you're going to have every team return, you're not going to return until August, and you're going to be able to wrap all that up by October. I mean, unless you're playing double headers, I think the math just doesn't really work out. And when you take a look at how far out they are actually planning, July 31st, to me, that makes it clear what the, the, the plan forward should be. The plan forward should be to be bare bonesing it, right? To be, let's get done what we need to get done, which is the completion of the season, the playoffs, crowning a champion. But you should not be looking to, this is not really the time for creativity and trying new things. This is, let's get right down to brass tacks. So there's a plan to have a vote sometime this week. I think Adrian Wojnarowski said that the planned vote was set for Thursday. So obviously we'll be keeping a track of that. It seems like the 30-team plan is the least likely, which at least here locally would mean that the next season is over, which to me makes all the sense in the world. There should not be any – we do not need any more Nick games. Even in this desperate time, we're all looking for any sports to keep our minds occupied and we're desperate for this or desperate for that. I don't think anybody – well, I shouldn't say anybody based on the poll results from Friday. I don't think anybody should need to see any more of the Knicks season. There's plenty of things to be hopeful about in terms of the Knicks. Getting to see any more games of theirs is not one of them. And the fact that on Friday, the overwhelming majority of people were cautiously optimistic about the hiring of Tom Thibodeau it really doesn't have anything to do with Tom Thibodeau. I, I think it should be next to impossible to come up with an option of cautiously optimistic about anything regarding the Knicks and that that would be anybody's answer. But that's what it turned out to be on Friday. So that's the story with the NBA. Vote this week. It certainly seems like things are getting closer to returning, although not anytime soon, right? I mean, July 31st, so you're basically talking about not returning to August and the impact that that will have uh, moving forward. You know, one more thing, and it's not a big deal, but I noticed this, and it comes up every couple of weeks. Kevin Durant. If the season does resume, which it certainly seems like it will, the Nets will be part of the playoffs. 
And when they come back for the playoffs, should Kevin Durant come back for the playoffs? What's his recovery plan? Can he come back? Should he come back? Here's the deal. Decide. I don't care what the, I don't care what the decision is, but I don't need to have the debate anymore. We've had the debate plenty. We've had the debate basically since he signed with the Nets. And here's the, here's who will decide. Kevin Durant will decide. This idea that the Nets have a plan or their doctors have a plan, it's Kevin Durant to decide. And based on what happened with him when he suffered the injury, it probably should be Kevin Durant that decides. When you sign Kevin Durant, you are handing over the power of the organization to him largely. And you are certainly going to hand it over to him when it, when it, uh, when it's about his recovery from injury. So I don't know whether or not he will come back. It certainly seems unlikely that he will. It's always seemed unlikely that he will. And for the Nets, that is the, probably the best thing that he does not come back because God forbid they, he ever suffer a setback of any kind. To me, if it were my team, I would want him not to come back until we're ready to go fully for next year, whenever that is. If it's Christmas, if it's uh, uh, New Year's Day, whenever it is. The last thing you need to be is, is rushing him or or impacting him in a way that he is not completely ramped up and comfortable with. But, the I mean, every couple of weeks, is Kevin Durant going to – who cares? Let him decide. When he decides that he's going to either come back or not, it seems pretty unlikely. It's always seemed – Pretty unlikely. It seemed like a pipe dream that he would ever come back this year. So given how this year has turned out, it certainly, even if it had been all according to plan and we'd been playing games this entire time, it would seem like a bad idea to have him come back this year anyway, when the expectation was always that he wasn't going to. But if he decides to come back this year, okay, that's fine. That's on him. But I don't think we need to have the conversation anymore. Oh, come What's the right court? It's up to him. He's the guy. He's the only per. He's the authority. And nobody else really should have a say, and nobody else does have a say. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. Coming up, hold on to your hats, guys. This is going to be shocking. There's a report. I, I, look, you know me. I said on Friday I didn't want to stick with baseball all that much, but we do have to update kind of the headlines of the day. But this one, Whoa. This is going to come as a shock. There is a report from John Heyman that Major League Baseball and the Players Association is not expected to have a deal worked out by their soft deadline of June 1st. I know. I, look, I, I'm glad there's not many that many people on the roads right now because if there were, they'd be crashing into things with this bold and shocking news that today, June 1st, it doesn't look like that the players and the owners will have a deal worked out by June 1st. I, we'll, we'll give you all the update coming up. Ignition. Liftoff of the Falcon 9 and Crew Dragon. Go NASA. Go SpaceX. Godspeed, Bob and Doug. All right, so that's the audio from uh, the SpaceX Dragon launch uh, on Saturday. And 
I don't know if you were like me, but uh, we were sitting there watching it. I watched it with the kids on the old laptop, had them outside for a little while, had them off their devices for a few minutes. Oh, my God. The, the, the battle of getting these kids outside on beautiful sunny days when uh, my son, oh, my God, is obsessed with the Call of Duty and this thing and that thing. So we had the SpaceX mission, and he's big into aviation. He's big into – I mean, my son desperately wants to be a pilot when he grows up. He already knows what he wants to do. And uh, to have this 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 launch, I was sitting there, and maybe maybe it's just my own dark mind, but I'm sitting there, and we're watching it, right? We're we're doing the countdown, and you know we're sitting there waiting for for a while. But in that last minute, I'm thinking to myself, with the way the year has gone. You know, under normal circumstances, right? It's a lo- now we haven't had one in like a really long time. NASA doesn't really do these things anymore. And as someone who does have a dream of one day traveling into space, like private, you know, uh, travel into space, this is a big moment. This is a big monumental moment. So we're sitting there and we're getting ready for it. And I'm th- what I'm thinking of is, oh my God, if this thing go sideways here right like if this does not go given the year right i mean it just feels like one thing after another what the hell am i gonna say so when it took off and it you know everything went as as planned oh it was a big load off my mind it was a big load off my mind of course look you know for most my wife was saying could you imagine being the the pilot of this thing i said sweetie you know i have traveled not that I've traveled to space, clearly, but I have done mission space at Disney. I've done it several times. So, you know, it's kind of like a been there, done that kind of thing. But it was a moment, uh, given how negative 99.9% of things have been in the calendar year 2020, having the uh, SpaceX Dragon thing launch on uh, Saturday and for things to go off as they were expected, all good news. <laughs> You're terrible. Why, why, I mean, people weren't thinking that? Were people seriously not thinking that the, given the way the year has gone? It has been a bad year. Basically switched to a 2021 already. Yeah. yeah uh, well, look, I guess on the, the positive side, the year's half over. Right? We're June 1st. We're, we've made that halfway. May flew by. Right. That was that half, may. halfway. Now, that, the good news is it's half over. The bad news is there's still more, <laughs> still 50, <laughs> still 50% more 2020 coming your way. Oh, dear God. But uh, yeah, that was good news uh, on uh, weekend. And uh, maybe that should have been, you know, maybe when we do the uh, poll question, uh, I think we're going to do it Friday where it's a non sports related poll question, like every Friday. Uh, maybe it will be if you had the opportunity to travel into space. Cost not being prohibitive, but if you had the opportunity to travel into space, to experience outer space, would you do it? But we'll save that one to, to Friday. And also, this actually happened last week, but I do want to touch on it before we get to the audio of the baseball, which we're going to run through very quickly because, again, I'm so sick and tired of baseball. And it's funny because I woke up on Saturday and I grabbed the iPad right away and I saw – this tweet, which seemed like it came from Jeff Passan, but within seconds, I realized it's not Jeff Passan. And keep in mind, what do I always say? I'm an idiot. And yet I was able to figure out it was not Jeff Passan within seconds. But this fake Jeff Passan account 
tweets out, you know, the players and owners have reached a deal, blah, blah, blah. And of course, they hadn't. And there were sheep. And keep in mind what this fake account has done. People see the tweet. Now, I'm assuming that if you care about baseball, you're already following Jeff Passett. And this tweet hasn't shown up in your feed from someone that you have followed. You're, you're looking at it by, you know, looking on the, the uh, what do you call it, the magnifying, uh, the search part part of Twitter. And yet sheep who don't even look, thousands of people had retweeted it even though they don't follow the account, even though it was jet passing. I mean, oh, I I really care about the news so much so that I won't even pay attention to what the thing actually says. I'm not even reading it. I just half-hearted. It means so much to me that I have to retweet it, but I didn't even look to see what the hell it actually says. But I, I got to be honest with you, for that split second where I saw it and, and thought it was a real thing, um, I didn't care. I, I, I really, even as a huge baseball fan, I was like, eh, whatever. I'm sure they'll screw it up some other way. But here's the latest on the baseball. Buster Only was on SportsCenter yesterday morning. Um, you know, and I don't even think we need to play Buster. The question was, the working relationship between the players and owners is at its worst point. Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah not exactly a shocking piece of news. Here's Jeff Passan from SportsCenter last night. Uh, the players are set to either have or – here's the players' proposal to the owners. Here's what Jeff Passan had to say. It is a 114 game proposal by the Major League Baseball Players Association. Season would start on June 30th, end on October 31st. I think the most important point here though is not the size of the season, which is up for negotiation, but a caveat that they put in there about if there is no postseason this year, then they are willing to defer $100 million in salary for players making 10 million or more in the season. Now, it seems like, uh, you know, uh, we don't know if there's going to be a postseason or not. We don't know if there's going to be a second wave of coronavirus. The point is, owners have talked about having cash flow issues. And one way to alleviate cash flow issues is for players to defer money to the future. Now, they want these monies paid with interest. So it is deferrals with sort of a twist on it. But I love Jeff Passan. Brian, you got to cut this off. I, I could not possibly be any more bored by it. And this is as a diehard baseball fan. Who cares? I mean, they're going to defer this money. They're going to defer. Who gives a crap? Oh, my God. Guys, either get it together or don't. It's much like Kevin Durant playing or not. I don't care. If you come up to a deal, if you come to a deal, that's the next time I want to hear from you. The next time I want to hear from you is when you figure something out. And until you have, I don't need to hear anything. I don't need to hear the back and forth anymore. I don't need to hear that this side doesn't like this part, that part. Who cares? Oh, I made a mistake. There's no one to blame but me. I went to the headlines. I went to the audio. And uh, obviously, giant mistake. Because for baseball, it's amazing. How is it possible that they could screw it up anymore? Like, seriously, is it possible that they could screw it up any more than they already have? Oh, my God. What I mean, I talked about leadership in America in 2020. And what a giant... uh, what a giant reveal that has been, that there is none. 
Well, in terms of leadership within Major League Baseball, not that it's nearly as important, but also there's none. As I mentioned, one to three today, special edition of the Stephen A. Smith show. I guess it's going to be the first take show, but it'll be simulcast on 1050 a.m. So if you're looking for Stephen A., obviously he doesn't do radio anymore, uh, but uh, he will be back on the radio today, one to three on 1050 a.m. ESPN New York. Our poll question, which is up for today, on the old uh, Twitter machine, at Gordon Dammer, tackles the idea of virtual fans, right? When sports returns, it will almost certainly do so without fans in the stands. The NBA proposal looks like it's going to be voted on this week. Looks like the target date for them is July 31st. But also leagues, whenever they do return, at least initially, it looks like they will return without fans in the stands. So this has been a topic that our buddy, our good friend Andrew Marshan, brought up in the uh, New York Post about broadcasters looking to fill the the uh, the empty space with virtual fans for TV broadcasts to make things look a little bit more normal. What are virtual fans? Well, it would be computer-generated fans to kind of fill in. Now, as he brought up, and it, it bears, they, they still will not have virtual fans behind home plate at Yankee Stadium because though, during a normal game, those seats are already empty. But for the rest of the stadium, you know, the non-moat area, uh, they will have virtual fans, the idea of virtual fans, computer-generated fans to kind of make things feel and look a little bit more normal. And I guess you could kind of say, bring this into do you want crowd noise to be piped in even though there are no fans there to make things look and feel a little bit more, more normal? And we gave you three options today. A, love it. Love the idea. Make things as normal and as natural as looking as possible. That's your first option. Uh, option two is that you don't love it, but you realize there is a need for it, right? You, you can't just have empty stadiums, right? The baseball or, or, or football or the NBA, you're going to hear the sneakers, and 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 it's not going to it's not going to look normal. It's going to seem flat. So you don't love it, but you realize the need for something there. Or do you, like me, despise it? And I'll be honest with you, I was on the despise it train even before I knew what it was. Just the idea, just the name, virtual fans. Ugh, hate it despise it so i did want to go with despise it with the passion of a thousand white hot suns but because of twitter and uh, the the character limit i just went with despise it but i think it's all assumed if you despise it you despise it with the passion of a thousand white hot suns all right let's get some phone calls in here before we run out of time like i always do like a dummy 1-800-919-ESPN 1-800-919-3776 tony is in the bronx tony what's going on my man hey, hey gordon thanks for taking the call Hey, man, I, I've been trying to say this for a few weeks now. This is coming from a diehard fan. And, and assume, assuming, you know, the health concerns continue to trend in the right direction, you know, in about seven weeks, football camp is going to kick off. And if, if I don't start seeing batting practice or, 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 or people getting loose within the next week or two, baseball will be an absolute afterthought. And it is embarrassing. It is embarrassing. And just like you said before, I mean, these guys are, are arguing over deferred interest. Like you said, who cares? Who cares? Who cares? Get on the field and play some baseball or don't and cancel the season, and I'll see you in February, period. Yeah. Uh, look, Tony, I, I, I agree with you, and uh, thanks for the call. I mean, the idea that, you know, if they don't get on the field here in the next week or so that our, our football returns – 
that if baseball returns then, people aren't going to care. I don't get the sense that people care right now. And I hate it because I'm a huge baseball fan and – not that I'm uh, you know, all that uh, invested in it, but I'm part of the business, right? So I'd hate to see people that I know and care about, their livelihood is depending on baseball returning and for them to have a job to go to. So I want it for that reason, too. But it, do- it doesn't seem like it's going to happen. Uh, and in terms of the back and forth, look, we try to bring you the stories of the day. So as things develop, uh, we'll touch on it. But I, I, I just got to uh, – the overwhelming feeling is not one of anger as much as it is apathy. I just don't care. And, and this comes from someone who I guess my number one sport probably would be baseball. But to see what things have become here as um, the, the negotiations kind of go on, and I get it. It's a negotiation. So it is possible that things will be worked out. It wouldn't shock me in any way. And I'll even tell you that if they did get on the field – and there were games going on, I would probably be on board because like like most fans of any sport, I'm an addict. So I'll be on board. But right now, it just feels like who – I mean, guys, read the room. Take a look around. Spike in Jersey's up early this morning. Spike, what's going on, my man? Oh, good to hear your voice. And I want to tell you that I lived through this before. 1967, what brought back the Detroit and the country. Detroit lost 2,500 stores on Main Street. 2,500. What brought it back was the Tigers beating St. Louis in the World Series. And my memory is, is not as bad as it used to be, but I remember it like yesterday when uh, Jim Northrop hit a home run and Bob Gibson was pitching against uh, the portly lefty named uh, uh, Mickey Lowich, I think his name was. And... Uh, the government brought tanks in, but the people came back to normalcy with baseball. But baseball doesn't have the same impact now that it did then. So let's just hope and pray things get back to normal. And you get your Saturday show back and uh, get up and talk to you once a week. Yeah, Spike, I appreciate it, man. Thanks for the call. Yeah, I mean, uh, we're hoping to get back on Saturday fairly soon, but uh, no decision has been made on that as of yet. But uh, we're here every Monday through Friday, 5 a.m., bright and early. Sure, you could sleep in like uh, most people, but uh, think of all you would miss. Think all you would miss, right? Uh, but uh, look, we're already out of time for today. This show flies by so quickly. Uh, hopefully you stay safe. Hopefully everybody out there is staying sane. And hopefully maybe when we get back tomorrow, maybe things will feel a little bit more normal and maybe a little bit more hopeful because uh, the course of the day and the course of the weekend certainly did not make it feel that way. Certainly did not make it feel that way. But we'll be back tomorrow starting at 5. Please vote on the poll question. It's up on Twitter, at Gordon Dammer. You can follow me on Instagram, at Gordon Dammer. We'll try to give you a laugh there over the course of the day as well. We'll see you tomorrow at 5, 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN.